Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another hundred meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. Hello, and welcome to the Boys in the Band podcast, where we bring you exclusive interviews with the musicians who soundtrack the Naughties indie scene. I'm Peter Smith. And I'm Richard Gallagher. And on today's show, we speak to a band who were MySpace stars back in the day and who've just used their social media channels to announce their comeback. They're from Sheffield, they're boys in the band themselves, and they're back. They're Little Man Tate. So many bands that we were into when we were growing up and we'd be in the crowd and sometimes you sort of look at them and think, oh, you know, just go through the motions or can't be asked to be there. And I think that kind of steeled us up to to not be like that and especially those early gigs it was you know everyone was just right give it absolutely 100 percent that's the voice of guitarist maz and we caught up with him and singer john windle to find out more about their return but also to reminisce about those crazy days when they were selling out pre-order singles emerging from an exciting sheffield scene and playing up and down the country to their dedicated fan base Good times indeed. And I was one of those fans, and I'm very excited to get these guys on the show. Yeah, Rich even shared some personal photos halfway through, so have a listen out for that. See their reaction to uh, some rather interesting fashion choices from back in the day. Yeah, super fan kind of, but um, lots of they had a very dedicated fan base, and if you were to keep an eye out on our social media channels, find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where we'll also be announcing how you can get your hands on an exclusive bit of Little Man Tate merch. Uh, but for now, here's the pod. Hope you enjoy. Today, we're delighted to be joined by Little Man Tate. We've got lead singer John Windle on the line. John, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. And good. guitarist Edward Maz Marriott, or Maz, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Very well. Cheers. Brilliant. Appreciate you both joining us uh, on the pod today through the power of Skype. Uh, but we'll jump straight in. Yeah, guys. So, right. like any good gig, we like to have a good warm-up. So, we call this bit the sound check. Three quick-fire questions for you to get the ball rolling. So first up, because we're talking over Skype, where in the world are you? Well, I'm currently residing in my living room in in London, actually. That's where I live at the moment. So um, I'm enjoying a nice gin and tonic, as you can see. Good. Um, Whilst um, having a bit of a break from looking after a two-year-old. But um, yeah, it's good. I'm uh, quite, quite kind of buzzing, really, to get involved in in the sort of the interview process again and just catching up with uh, kind of what what we used to do because you might know more than us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from what I can remember. Cool, John, where are you based? I am currently in the uh, Steel City 
as always, in Sheffield, um, in my living room. I'm enjoying a bottle of Peroni. <laughs> I thought you'd be on the G&Cs, but... John. I am, I am normally, but I thought I'd go a bit rock and roll. I'd go, oh. go, back, go back a bit rock and roll with a lager, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Get, get your fags out as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent stuff. And so what about uh, music that you're into at the moment? What's the, what's the last album you both listened to? Maz? Uh, I got the um, the new Taming Parlour album, actually, uh, just because I'd, I'd read a good review on it. And um, it, I got the vinyl of it, and it comes in, like, two records. Um, but because I've got um, a two-year-old at the minute, I, I get to the, the end of the first side, and then uh, she's got quite um, uh, strict taste in music, so she, I don't get much further than the first side. <laughs> uh, but it's, so far, it's pretty good for three songs in. Um, and yeah, that's the last one I got and, um, yeah, enjoying it, but I'd like to listen to a bit more of it, but so far, so good. Good shout, good shout. How about you, John? Well, I've, like, as we're just saying, I've got a nine and a seven year old, so I'm listening to all sorts of blooming, uh, blooming, an album, I'm trying to think what I've listened to all, all the way through it. I haven't, I haven't listened to an album all the way through. I haven't bought an album for a long time. It's literally just banging things on Spotify and and listening back to 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 also if I'm being if I'm being brutally honest <laughs> I've been listening to Little Man Table <laughs> in the world trying to remember it's the best thing out there mate yeah, yeah. trying to remember all the words and... yeah yeah but I suppose the sign of the times isn't it the, the album is one of those things at the moment isn't it that people just don't necessarily listen to the album all the way through at the moment because yeah. of Spotify and all that you just don't jump into playlist tune of this yeah. tune of another Oh God! I say we just put our two. We put a um, our, our notice playlist out this week, didn't we? Of yeah, I've got been listening to. Yeah, yeah. There. We just managed to um, always try and well, especially some of the bigger gigs as well. We'd always try and put on a bit of a party atmosphere before and after, and we'd always put get compilations, wouldn't we, on CD CDRs, and we'd always put them on before. We came on stage and it used to sort of ramp up the crowd a little bit and yeah, I revisited a lot a lot of those old songs that we used to play and just banged them all on a on a playlist and um yeah just sort of something to do with during these times isn't it and <laughs> yeah I was just I did like an 80s and 90s one and then yeah noughties one like John said and yeah I guess I guess we're just on the move a lot more aren't we and, and playlists uh Probably a little bit more more of a thing at the moment than yeah, it's al- albums all the way through. So that, yeah. Those uh, young kids are going to be restricted to this third question. What's the best gig you've been to in the last twelve months? Well, um, I, w- I went to see uh, Suede uh, actually in cool. November, and I didn't think I'd get tickets for it, and uh, just managed to get a couple for me and the missus, and that was a uh, uh, Shepherd's Bush Empire. And just brilliant. I just—it's one of the one of the few gigs I've been to where I don't have to. I, I didn't want to be just stood on the sides. Yeah, it's one of the few gigs I've actually enjoyed just jumping up and down and getting in the middle of it all. And yeah, normally these days I'm tending to retreat back to the sound desk and you know keep out the way. But yeah, that was good. Enjoyed that. Yeah, me and Rich had a similar experience, didn't we, Rich? Just before Christmas, we yeah, like you, we sent a sort of 
head towards the back of, and the bar area and sort of watch from there nowadays. But we went to see the Libs, didn't we, in, in Brixton just before Christmas. And, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, we sort of rolled back the years and got down the front right and uh, got rather yeah. and sweaty, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine it's just the same at the back as well, those... <laughs> Best types of gigs. Yeah, well, you've you been to a few gigs, haven't you, John? Or you, you, well, you doing all the the management stuff, got think, you involved in all of that, didn't you? In terms of bands that people know, I'm trying to think when the last time I went to a, it must have been DMAs, I'm sure it were. Well, obviously, seen loads of like local bands and stuff because I still love like the local music scene and and upcoming young bands and things like that. Um, so that's, that's my bag, really. Cool. Yeah, I think I've missed out a bit on that. On that, because when you when you live in live in London, it's a bit harder to kind of see a lot of newer stuff coming out because it always seems to be bigger bands play, or especially like where I live as well. There's there's no live scene at all. Um, so any if you've got to go anywhere to watch um, some bands, you always end up having to like go to Camden or or somewhere like that. But great thing about Sheffield is that um, you've got so many new bands coming through that you can see quite easily. Yeah, the scene seems pretty healthy as well, isn't it, John? Yeah, there's some good there's some good young bands, some really good stuff in Sheffield at the minute. It's still as good as it ever has been. It's just not got that focus on it that maybe it had on it 12, 15, 14 years ago. Yeah, sure. Well, guys, tell us about your breaking news. Little Man Tate breaking news. What's What's going on? Yeah, so we, um, after quite a while out, have sort of come together at the right time and, John, you sort of got the ball rolling a little bit about maybe getting back together and doing some um, some live shows and from there, we all just sort of started thinking, actually, seems to be more reasons to do it than not to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, that's how I kind of like totted it up in my head. And when I, when I realized that um, we, we're going to do something purely for enjoyment and fun, that made me kind of pretty much make up my mind. The same with you, John, wasn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, over the years, we've had so many different offers from different, different venues, different promoters, agents asking us about doing something. And it just never felt right. It never felt. It just felt like the time wasn't right. And obviously now we've <laughs> the time did feel right when we decided to start start doing all this. It just made sense. Um, obviously that was before everything that's going on in the world right now. But obviously with the date being, um, but the, you know, second half of September. Fingers crossed. Everything should be back to something like normal. Yeah. Um, We'll, we'll be doing it. We'll be doing a, a gig, but we just won't have practiced. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to. You never lose no, it. No, that's it. Uh, mine and John's reoccurring nightmare. <laughs> so funny that, isn't it? I said to him the other day, "Oh, I keep having these dreams where um, we're just suddenly about to go on stage. Um, you know, everyone's there waiting for us." Um, and we realised that we've been in quarantine for for six months, and we, we've not even played the played a guitar or sung a note. But um, there's someone there just going, "No, you've got to go on. Just play. You can remember all the songs, can't you? A two and a half hour set." 
and you and you said, didn't you, John, that you'd had exactly, exactly the same. Exactly the same dream. dream. Exactly the same dream. <laughs> that we're just about to go on stage and we're like, what's we've not even rehearsed. We've not got yeah. And did you put it off in the dream? Did you put it off? Well, I think it ended up with just <laughs> like waking up in a cold sweat. Yeah. <laughs> I dread to think what it'd sound like, but um yeah, that's the, the, the that's the main priority for the summer, really, isn't it? Just getting together and, and playing. Um, yeah. And but individually, we know all our stuff, we know all our parts, and we've been going over it. And I've been yeah listening to the to the tracks loads, and we've been compiling little kind of set lists that we think will will work. And um, yeah, it's just it's just the case of being in the same place. We're living. 11 years is a long time to have not, not yeah. played together. And so we, we've got to really tighten everything up and make sure, because we want it to be as good, if not better than it was the first time around. We, we can't, because those final shows were such good shows, they were like what sticks in our memory and, and they'll always be a part of our our lives and memories and what have you. And I know like my kids now watch the, watch the footage of those final shows and, and go back over all tracks and my nieces and nephews and things. So when we're doing this, it's got to be, it's got to have that energy, which is a lot harder. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. harder now than what it was 11 years ago. Well, it's great to have you back, boys. So, um, but let's rewind back now just to the heart of that fantastic era of indie music. You know, that, those yeah. mid-noughties were you know, really special uh, for guitar bands. You know, we'll get on to how, how you guys refused to become part of that scene initially. Um, but let's just jump straight to the, the scene we're talking about. We're talking, you know, 2006, 2007. You know, I particularly remember a, a gig in particular at, um, at the Islington Bar Academy in North London. Yeah. Uh, that you guys played. Um, it was hot as hell. It was August. Is that the upstairs um, room? Yeah, the, exactly. The, yeah, 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 yeah. And just I remember as, as a fan going there and just being absolute carnage, you know, like the... Um, the guitars, yes. the, the lyrics, the sing-alongs, you know, the crowd was so up for it. And, you know, John was out crowd surfing into the crowd. The crowd were on the stage, red yeah. stripe everywhere. You know, it was, oh, it was brilliant. It, that. it was just, you know, that energy and connection between the band and the crowd was like, you know, really special. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, that wasn't just a one-off either. That's what little man take gigs were like up and down the country. Right. Yeah. They, they were, they were like perfect venues for us as we were coming up through the kind of through the ranks i suppose and um every time you come down to london you're you're always a little bit oh you know it's the big test and um i know people going to be bothered and it's you know a little bit of a tougher crowd maybe but there were some fantastic gigs down there and there were just quite a small handful of these the smaller venues were like the um the barfly um in, in camden and i think water rats and places like that that were just perfectly suited to us and when there was no security there there was you know people just you know coming on stage at random times but that's that was like that at gigs all over the place because people just were just desperate for something new with live music weren't they and all, all of that kind of indie music around that time just just came um around didn't it at the, 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 the right time yeah, did you did you feel like there was an added pressure though? But I'm, I'm doing. I'll take over interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go for it, John. Fire away, John. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel like there was an added pressure though, Mazza, when we were like the build up to London shows, even like the night before? You knew, oh, 
such and such is going to be there from Radio One, such and such is going to be there from NME, such and such is going to be there from this magazine, that magazine. Yeah. That. It, you know, like, there was all, it always felt like that you were always, that we always had to impress, be on his best behaviour, be on his. Yeah. Yeah. I used, to, I used to get myself in some right states before thinking, yeah. if, we, if we kill if we kill this, if we don't do it right here in London tonight, with X, Y, and Z watching, that's it, it's over. Yeah, I think we uh, we used to get ourselves quite wound up, didn't we? And um, if if we knew that if it, if it was a gig where our manager would be coming to, then we'd be like, oh god, it must uh, it must be serious so, yeah, if he's reason. coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's not just the tour manager and the sound, the sound manager, and just us, us four, um, and a merch guy. But um, yeah, we just, we just had a really good camaraderie between us all. And I think um, even though we sometimes came across as a bit like happy-go-lucky, and we like we we had to work our absolute nuts off, didn't we? To, to even to, even just to get to a point of playing to loads of people in yeah. in in the Islington academy upstairs because i always think for every for every band that that can you know sell that place out there'll, there'll be a band that can't do that and you just you have to really be lucky at every stage thinking wow like even even at this point we could never have imagined getting to you know playing to I 200 think, people to 300 people i think music with music it's it's a hot it's such a difficult industry because if you look at all the all other if if you take if you're a lawyer for example if you work hard enough and do the right things then you're going to be a lawyer or if you're a dentist and want to be a dentist then you're going to work hard enough to be a dentist or football if you're going to stay fit stay free of injuries whatever and you're good enough you're going to be a footballer with mu mu with music you can there's so many bands out there that are good enough yeah so and, subjective of yeah, taste it's, isn't it it's just not, yeah. No matter how hard they work, it's just not gonna happen. You got to have that massive amount of luck. But you can't just you can't just have that luck. You know, every band has a bit of luck, but you've got to that makes it. But you've got to we give it everything. But I don't know whether people always realised how much it meant to us and how much we appreciated being in that position that we we'd got into. Um, yeah, we we did it just like you know you're young and you. are maybe take things for granted a little bit more than what you know than what you realize you did um it just meant everything to us didn't it, it, it yeah, yeah. Well, you got you got, you got to enjoy it as well haven't you because i think that's the, that's the big thing that certainly from a fan perspective is that you look like you're having a time of your lives up on that stage and you know living the dream as it were and, and you know yeah. you, if that comes across then you know you stand half a chance don't you because it's, it's yeah. a tougher a, a tough, been, like, 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 tough industry you've got to put yourselves out there yeah we've been on both sides and like so many bands that we were into when we were growing up and we, we'd be in the crowd and sometimes you sort of look at them and think, oh, you know, just go through the motions or can't be asked to be there. And I think that kind of steeled us up to, to not be like that. And especially those early gigs, it was, you know, everyone was just right. Give it absolutely 100% because, you know, there aren't, there aren't that many jobs you can do where, You've only really got to put your heart and soul into, you know, an hour or an hour and a half performance, and that's that's your job done for the day. Yeah. Um, so it's important, yeah, never to take it for granted. But like most things, the further you get away from it, and the look, the more you look back, and that you think, yeah, 
like kind of job done and just glad that we um managed to you know put put smiles on faces and you know do everything in in the right way i mean we, we made the odd mistake here and there i'm sure we did and um that's you know that's part of life isn't it yeah well, i'm sure they uh it's interesting to hear that side of it i think like that you know, the, perhaps your nerves before a big London gig or whatever, and the the nerves just to put in, you know, a really good show for the people who have turned up. And I'm I'm sure, you know, the fans must appreciate hearing that sort of thing. And yeah. actually, we've got um, I've got we've got something to show you. So we've just pinged you a pinged you a link over Skype. See if you can open it. So Rich has been going back through his photo albums, and he's dug out some snaps from that very gig. Uh, so ah, brilliant. So have a quick look and see uh, see if it brings back em- any memories. There's some. Uh, some interesting fashion choices in there. Some interesting haircuts. <laughs> oh god, maybe that's where we made our mistake. What am I wearing? <laughs> <laughs> What's the band on stage with? Who's <laughs> <laughs> that? I did think though. I opened it up. I thought, is that Russell Brown? Is that a young Russell? It does look like Let's just we'll just say it is. I've got a celebrity fan, eh? <laughs> Maz, can I wear this white t-shirt and black tank top combo again? Yeah, I mean. Um... Uh, yeah, in terms of the 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 attire for Little Man Tate, there were quite a lot of tank tops, weren't there, John? That I wore as well. <laughs> I don't know where we, did that come from. It, I, think, I think we just thought we were doing something different. Yeah, <laughs> they were cheaper as well because they had no sleeves on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Never have the right clothing on for for gigs. I mean. We used to wear jumpers as well, didn't we, at one point? Jumpers and shirts, lads. Come on, jumpers yeah, and yeah. shirts. We turn up without a check shirt on for. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe nowadays there's a little bit more of a kind of, more of attention to detail what everyone wears. Because everything's so much more online now, isn't it? And then I think you just, just more whatever, you know I mean? People like to wear just, you know, the odd Fred Perry and look a bit, smart and whatnot but we saved them for when we played london we saved us best stuff for when we played london <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah sunday best for london <laughs> like your best yeah. v-neck pullover for london yeah, yeah. don't wear your red perry or your uh... <laughs> oh, that was that was the worst Saving thing your suitcase we've got london in 15 shows though <laughs> yeah. yeah speaking of fred perry i remember Primark on. yeah john you you got off you got offered um you, you did like an interview, didn't you? Or you did something with Fred Perry, and it was like, oh, just just we just need the lead singer, and we were in London for the day or something, and the rest of us went off somewhere, probably went to the pub or whatever, and uh, John went off to the bloody Fred Perry flagship store or somewhere in like Covent Garden, came back with all this gear. We're like, oh, brilliant! You got anything for us? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a dress and all, did I? Yeah, you got. I don't know what you what you did with that. <laughs> oh, for my own personal time. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, lead singer, you, you, you're probably allowed some perks every now and again. Got to look. Yeah, we got some. We got some Ben Sherman stuff, didn't we? At one point. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and uh, we used to just. We sometimes used to get stuff, and honestly, we were like bloody five-year-old kids just diving over stuff yeah let's have that now what ripping <laughs> parcels open oh, i'm having that shirt no i'm having that it's like we would be literally scrapping over yeah. what, weren't we were having what weren't we brilliant yeah good times all right well let's take a quick breather there let's go and grab another beer another peroni another g&t yeah definitely. part two 
part two we'll chat to the guys about uh, that connection they had with their fan base and their memories of the Sheffield scene well we've spoken about the Sheffield scene now we'll talk about the Sheffield scene back then and all the cool bands that were coming out at that time and we'll yeah. find out a bit more about that comeback Hey it's Martin John from Little Man Tate here and you're listening to the Boys in the Band podcast You're listening to the Boys in the Band podcast for more naughty's nostalgia Check out our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you hit subscribe to the podcast for more interviews like this. All right, welcome back to the Boys in the Band podcast. So we mentioned earlier a little bit about that special connection with your, your fans, guys. So you know, fans play a key role in any band's rise, but for Little Man Take the, the fans, especially, you know, like your hardcore following, you know, we almost felt like they were part of the band. You know, you did so much with them from, you know, printing names on the back of your first seven inch and, and yeah. all those sorts of competitions you ran, the, commu- the fans community through MySpace and the forums. You know, was that was that like a conscious decision to really embrace the fans in these ways or was it just like a, a given? And yeah. why do you think they connected with you guys so much? Be- because we, not any, we, we, didn't, we weren't any different to anyone else. We were, we were four lads in a band who liked watching other bands. Yeah, this it's like even though at the beginning of it you sort of it's a bit of a tip of the iceberg thing where as we came through it might have looked like we kind of burst through onto the scene but like we've been in bands and doing stuff and playing for so much longer before 2005 2006 sort of time and yeah just we did everything we were and 15, looked, me and you. Yeah, 15, 16, started writing music. And as you um, make your way up to trying to do things, like even just get a gig, you sort of remember a lot of of the way people act. And when, you were, when you're quite young, like we were, 15, 16, and there, were, there was the odd, like, band who you thought, oh, God, what a set of knobheads <laughs> they are. Or you just think, right, if we, if we get um, any bigger, we're just not going to be like them or we're not going to be like that person it's i think it was just it helped us to keep keep us grounded as well especially um the way that we all were like just you know like john said just four normal sheffield lads um so there's never any pretense or trying to be something we're not we we always used to say that we got to relate to you got to relate to the music there's no point us writing about everyday life like we did and then acting like we were some more than what we were yeah. <laughs> how, you have, how do you believe i think when you when you fall in love with a band you fall in love with them and you believe in them i know like when i looked back when i used to get really into a band i used to get into all the bands that i just used to think well they're just like no different to us you know and i think like with some bands and there's that massive disconnect of like I mean, any walk for me in any walk of life. When there's a when there's a when somebody thinks they're better than you for something, then you're not gonna mm. you're not gonna relate to them. You're not gonna have you're not gonna have a connection with them. Yeah, I think no we we always liked the, um, the 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 like the sort of clash model, didn't we? Where yeah, they did everything for their fans and they they talked to them after gigs and. They were usually the last people, or Joe Strummer usually was, wasn't he? Last, last kind of person that left in the venue. Because also, like <laughs> when you're with three other people, 
all the time. You like you, it's quite nice just to go out and talk to other people <laughs> <laughs> after a gig. It's like John, I love you, but I'm just going to go and uh, talk to some people that have yeah. actually paid to come and see us. And yeah. going to go and talk to uh, Wall. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it started. Yeah, talk, keep, keep the walls happy. Um, You're going to tell your proper mates. Yeah, and then. I think uh, well, I did. We did some gigs in um, early doors in in York, didn't we? And yeah, it's like what, what? Like people have actually turned up to see us, and just there were just a lot of small stages of thinking, wow, like someone's come from, you know, like Huddersfield to see us in Oldham. You, you, you would, you know, play in Liverpool, and you'd be like, oh, hang on, you saw us in Leeds, or you know, it was all that kind of mixed. We we became like first of all we used to be gobsmacked didn't we every little change for well, they have actually come in people have actually come in to see us and are all actually bothered about us it's not just as mates and what have you but mm. then you develop i mean i've got friends now who were you know who, who actually we we wouldn't i would would not have met some people had they not become fans of the band um i can i can count at least five like really 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 close mates that i spend a lot of time with now who i wouldn't have met who i met through them actually just being friends people like claire and josh and yeah people like that and 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 then now it's really nice that they're part of your life and it's funny when you're all talking and they're like it just it seems funny to them that at one stage we were like they thought we were Something like you know, what I mean, they yeah, we were more than what we are, and really, we were just just exactly the same. I think, like, that that's I think that's why we were more that we were quite successful because we didn't we didn't really differentiate between being in a band and, and not being. We'd always like going out, like you were saying about the clash model and all that, and yeah, it, it just before the gig and after the gig, it was just great spending time with people, it just it, it just. Meeting different people, experience different thing, hearing different yeah. different opinions on life and all sorts, and you learn loads yeah. as well. I think yeah, I think when you when you're also on on like doing like big tours and stuff, you also crave a bit of like the opposite, don't you? And it, it, you always sort of um, it's always a bit grass is greener for for things like that because you sometimes think, oh, just you know, I'd love to just be at home like watching telly or just have one night off but then there's people who are watching you thinking oh I'd just love to be doing a gig or be on tour and um after time you, you'd just be chatting to people about you know coronation street or something <laughs> like that we didn't try to put up this kind of whole mystique of oh you know we're these big big rock stars and yeah you know everything's so cool it was just yeah let's go and have a pint and have a chat and oh, we'll yeah, see like, you hey, this just just being, you know, four ordinary lads in a band, you you're instantly more relatable than another band, for example. And, and yeah. I think having that that re- relatability in your your music as well was definitely something that everyone, the fans, connected with. You know, your the debut album was called about what you know, and that just seemed to be what your lyrical mantra was as well to write about what you know. And then yeah. fans related to that; they connected with it, they could identify with it. So, um, yeah. So that's what I just wanted to ask you next about. Really, was was that kind of songwriting process and and how you went about it? Was it a, a case of trying to be relatable or was that just what came natural to you guys i think the first go on go on i'll let you go first i was just saying the first the first kind of batch of songs that we wrote um as little man tate you know we just didn't really we couldn't envisage them being sung back to us or 
you know, like the, it was just suddenly all of these people just like, oh, actually, do you know what? I connect with those lyrics, or um, I really there's just something a bit of an X factor about the about the music that we're just really right. into, and you can't you can't always explain it, can you? And uh, yeah, the song, yeah, and then so when more people came to see us, we then started to think, yeah, like imagine what they would want to hear next, or like, let's let's put in. Let's write a little bit like the early songs, but then you still got to develop, haven't you? And you can't just stick to the same formula. So you try and move on at some point, but yeah, yeah that's fine. I mean, that's fine balance for from a band evolving, yeah. isn't there? You know, I think yeah, you've I got think to get a balance. Yeah, and and also, what's nice about us doing this now is we're not well. In my head, I'm pretty sure yours is in a similar place, man. We're not. We're, we're, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're not going to change. We're not going to change the world with our music. Do you know what I mean? We're not going to, but if we can make people happy and, um, and obviously make ourselves happy, if we're happy, then that comes across and we'll make other people happy. And I think right now where we are under, under these circumstances, I think little man takes just what lots of people are going to need. Um, just that fun, that like, that enjoyment, that being able yeah. to, uh, you know, just go and have a drink with your friends, watch a great band. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's but, enough. You know, and and just and 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 enjoy it for what it is, and that's yeah. that's what we that's what we we want to do as well. Because I think towards the end of it, we stopped enjoying it for what it was, and we got caught up in trying to we got caught up in trying to keep up. Kind of yeah, thing, that it definitely sense. became a bit of a hamster wheel thing, didn't it? Where you're just kind of constantly having to chase the next thing because when what you're doing becomes, you know, your livelihood and or for, for you and then a business for someone else, you kind of, there's always something a little bit beyond your grasp that you're trying to reach. And if you stop, then that's it. It's gone. So you kind of... You're treading water for ages, aren't you? Going around this wheel, trying to keep up with everything else. And right, what's the next single going to be? Uh, go and record some more demos. Go, you know, it's like a constant kind of cycle of things that, when, like we said a few times in that final year, 2009, when you sort of know in the back of your head that's probably it now. Yeah. You, you then have to start thinking, well, if that's it then let's just put a full stop on it, but put a brilliant full stop on it with the with the two shows that we finished on. And then no one can really question you then because you've took it as far as it can go. You've had a, a right good time in the process, but yeah, you do have dark days and you, you can't always be like massively positive about it when you're having to feel the pressure of, you know, getting in the, charts for a single release or selling out so many song tickets after song after song that you were yeah. you know you get that kind of <laughs> paranoia of oh, right so the tour's been announced how many tickets has uh, Newcastle done how, how, you know and you, you get a bit kind of too involved in it don't you and this time yeah, round we haven't got any of that yeah, I think that's, that's, that's what I was going to pick up on there lads because it, it feels as though you know you start out in a band for it to be you know 
a load of fun. You know, it's a four mates yeah. having, having a laugh. And, you know, your, your songs and your lyrics, they reflected that. And it was so joyous in, in the live shows. But then, as you say, as things as the wheel keeps going, it just yeah. gets a bit more serious and you get a bit more bogged down by it all. But coming yeah. back this time round, you haven't got that added pressure. And is that kind of how you're looking at it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. I mean, this this pressure there'll be pressure in other ways, <laughs> um, but um, that that's just something you know we can handle as you know kind of thirty odd year olds. Where you know if we if we want that euphoria again of of, of what a live gig is like, then it's not we can't just click our fingers and just be you know on stage now waiting for it all to kick off. We've got to put some graft in, haven't we? And um, you know get dust down various amps and guitars and get going again um, but that's great i, I mean that's that, just brilliant it's like yeah. wow I can, i've actually got a purpose for for playing again which is you know you, when you've been out of it for a while it's just a, quite a quite a warm feeling isn't it yeah you can imagine it feeling sort of like 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 it did the first time around so Obviously, we yeah. mentioned earlier about the Sheffield scene now, John. But back then, what was it like? Obviously, we know know about the Arctic Monkeys who came right through into the mainstream. But, you know, bands like Milburn, uh, Bromage Jacket, Reverend of the Makers. Long Black. There was loads of good bands, weren't they, coming out of Sheffield at that time. Yeah. So what was it like being in the middle of that? And, you know, it, what was your relationship like with those other bands? It, it was good. Um, well, we... <laughs> It was a funny one because, obviously, me and Maz used to work on the box office at the boardwalk. Um, Alex from Arctic Monkeys and Andy from Arctic Monkeys worked behind the bar. John, Reverend, worked behind the bar with Ed. Um, you know, bands were always in and out, watching other bands. Milburn were always in and out. Long Blondes, Bromheads, you know, they, they were, it was like, that was like the hub of where everything was kind of, was kind of coming from so our, our relationship in the early days i think our relationship was was good we were, were mates i think then a lot of things come into play that competition is there enough room at the table for everybody to eat kind of thing mm. uh, um but uh, but now you know uh you know i see um, everybody, it's funny when you look back on it now because the Milburn boys are still in in Sheffield. Um, I bump into Joe quite a bit, and obviously um, I, I see him. I, normally, funnily enough, at the minute out when people are having a meal with family and stuff, we'll bump into somebody. See, uh, bump into John from time to time, we, and you know we we did we did like a really fun charity match at Hillsborough. Um, and and also at, at Sheffield FC over the years, um, and I think every, like we all, everyone just you grow up, don't you? Everybody gets on. You you realise that music's music's brilliant, but the biggest, you know, the your family and your kids and things are, are what you do everything for ultimately, and 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 that and and you realise that all the daft little petty arguments or whatever or silly things that we'd say on stage or would have had said about us or somebody would have said in a in a in an interview or what have you. Um and it's a shame really that that we that some of the stuff went down that route. But as far as that you know, now it's just all, you know, I I'd support I'd support anything any of them do. I mean, at the end of the day they didn't they haven't achieved what they've achieved by not being good. You know, you've got, you've got mm. to appreciate that. Milburn were very, 
very good band and and, and Revenant and the Makers, John's a great front man. Probably the second best in Sheffield at the minute now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, John's, John's a brilliant front man and, and they're good people, they're nice people and, um, you know, like we were saying, bands don't achieve what they achieve or what, what we achieve or whatever by accident. They achieve it because they worked hard for it, because they're talented. And as you get older, you appreciate that more as opposed to being a, a daft, you know, 23-year-old kid, 22-year-old kid, just opening his mouths. And, and, and obviously, I, you know, we were as guilty as anyone for opening his mouth and talking bullshit at times about about things that really didn't, didn't want saying and was just yeah well, i think stuff. um i think a lot of a lot of bands got a little bit caught up in um especially how the enemy used to work and operate in that in that era so yeah. like sort of oh five oh six sort of thing it was almost like you're not gonna sell as much unless you unless you say something about someone else or yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want some column inches, then um, go on, what, go on, slag this band off or slag that band off, and and it, and it it felt maybe in a wrong way that a lot of a lot of bands, including us, just fell into that trap a little bit. And it, when you look back in it, you think, well, what was the point? Like, what did it actually achieve? It didn't like make more people come and see us. It didn't. It didn't stop people coming to see us, and it when you, it probably it probably made some people who you know if they were mad into revenant makers or whatever, and we said some of that. If anything, it probably made them think, well, I'm not bothered about little man Tate now anymore. Yeah, and, and, and there's no no reason why. And there were like loads of people who would come to a little man Tate gig, and then a and then a Milburn gig, and then you know they're probably they're going to be Arctic Monkeys fans as well. So why not just get the best of everything? And not have this kind of like, oh, we can only go and watch this band. And um, we used to get it sometimes. Someone would say, oh, my my boyfriend said I can't watch you guys because he's a Reverend fan. Or he's just <laughs> like, what? It's just so petty. And it was music, um, weren't it? Not football. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's it, not about it, having teams that you support. At one team only. And thankfully, th- this time round, there isn't there isn't any of that. So we don't even need to kind of question it so if anything that negativity uh, of, of that time can be uh, erased a little bit yeah it's interesting um, to, you've got that perspective now sort of 15 years on that you can yeah, sort of distance yourself a little bit from that and, and just see yeah. what it, see what it, maybe for what it was but yeah. you know, if you look back on that time you know what what of these bands were you really into presumably you had um you had some favorites in there as well which were... yeah i mean remember john i don't know what i think i put them on the uh on the playlist because i've always just loved the tune but remember larrikin love larrikin yeah. love yeah, yeah great band. yeah and, and i was thinking That's actually we did, yeah we did <laughs> loads of gigs with them and i remember we the first time was um played this uh festival in was it middlesbrough live or or something and and they were there and um um, they're just doing all this like crazy clothes and I thought oh god we're not going to get on with them at all but they were just really nice lads weren't they and we had a few drinks with them after and a bit of a kind of different-ish sort of style to us but again that doesn't mean you can't just like be friends with people or just get to know them just because their music's a little bit different to yours 
Um, we never got round to adding any uh, fiddles or violins into <laughs> little, little man. So we should have tried it though. We should have tried it. Um, and then uh, there was then a little bit later after that, we did some good shows with the uh, Twang and uh, they they were amazing. Yeah, the View. They were just ordinary boys. bonkers. Ordinary, but yeah, ordinary boys. Yeah, we had a nice balance. Um, I think looking back on our own kind of headline tours and headline shows, but also we got on a couple of decent support. Uh, support tours as well and um well just did did really well for our early fan base as well didn't it that that ordinary boys yeah. tour was wicked like we'd, we'd not been around for that long and suddenly it was like right first gig you're going to i think it was south end pavilion or or somewhere and it was like flipping out like you know <laughs> imagine doing this one day and yeah just yeah i think it's a good way to start you're not just I don't think any band really starts from the top, do they? You you earn your trade and you you, you do gigs like that, and that's that's important. And yeah, yeah, yeah they were they were some good ones. Yeah, there's so many good bands around there and around that time, and that's uh, that's what we're really tapping into with this podcast, getting that sense of nostalgia of these brilliant bands that are around then, and especially the likes of yourselves uh, yeah. making a making a comeback. But um, but now you are back. You know, it's, it's a different world now. You know, over ten years on. Yeah, my, MySpace and forums, you know, they've, they've gone and it's MySpace to, to a certain degree. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like, You're obviously, nobody was following me back. So, um, but obviously, they've been taken over by like the likes of social media and podcasts like ours. So, um, so what can can old fans and, and new fans alike as well expect from Little Man Take this time round? Yeah, good question. So, um, we are going to be doing a set. I think that people will um, expect. So there's not going to be any kind of like hidden um, tracks or music that, you know, people are going to be like, well, you know, it's going to be crowd pleasers, isn't it, John? It's going to be, yeah. it's no going to be, no, no, it's <laughs> going to be what everyone would expect a Little Man Take gig to be like. And that's why um, since we've got going on social media again, I mean, that's just been wicked. Like it's, before it used to be, oh God, I've got to get my laptop out, and yeah. uh, it's going to take me five minutes to log on to MySpace, and then I've got you know, it's just <laughs> everything's just so instant now. You can you you you've got it in front of you always, and so that's just been a really great way to um, connect with the fans again. And we've tried to be as as um, creative as possible without kind of giving the game away too much. So um, I'm lucky enough to have like massive stash of old. Uh, tour photos and we've done the what other little <laughs> yeah no, that's, that's that's gone long long time ago um, massive looking up to have a massive stash of nappies now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> formula <laughs> yeah so we, yeah i mean it, yeah it's been a long time coming since we kind of agreed to do it so i think we're just itching for everyone to to now get on it and be there and it's just, um, yeah, just just weird not kind of being able to kind of catch up face to face. Yes, these times. Yeah, guys, it's been well. It's been great to speak to you over Skype. Anyway, today so we've, we've we found a way. Technology, we found a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank exactly. you very much for having us. Thanks for having well, us. Just yeah. before we go, guys, we've we started with a sound check. Got finished with an encore, haven't we? So we've got these fi- final three questions for you. So here okay. we go. So, Joel, I think maybe you might be the man for this. Who are the new artists that we've got to go and listen to now? Harry Lyon. Harry Lyon. Harry Lyon, H-A-R-R-Y-L-Y-O-N. Yeah, um, what's he like? 
Facebook and uh, he's brilliant. He's it's it's such really good pop music. He's he's a very talented kid. He was in Red Faces. They signed to Sony RCA um, when he was fourteen, um, and now he's just turned nineteen. So you know he's got he's got the world at his feet. He's he's fantastic. Check him out. Yeah, will do. And um, what about sort of this time of uh, you know isolation and restriction? How you, how you been keeping yourself busy? Any sort of particular music-based films or TV shows you've been keeping yourself busy with? Yeah. Um, so I uh, what did I watch the other day? Um, I watched the because um, I've got um, you know you can now connect your phone to the TV. I'm a, I'm a bit behind on this, but um, <laughs> got this thing called Sky Q. <laughs> Um, you should try it Um, and you can connect you can go on YouTube and you can just you know get your your YouTube on your phone on your TV and uh, yeah I was just like flicking through loads of um, documentaries and I found the uh, do you remember it John the Oasis the the Be Here Now Oasis documentary that was on it was a BBC one yeah and and, uh, there's this great uh, clip of um, the acoustic version of Stand By Me where they're playing at this swimming pool. I think oh, it was... Yeah, love that version. Uh, and uh, it's not the best quality because it's just like a YouTube kind of film, but it's got this full documentary and that, that yeah, that's bringing some memories back even even further back um, and watch the odd little kind of mini documentary things that you just crops up on your, on your YouTube list. Watch the Joy Division documentary a couple of weeks ago that was that was pretty cool nice. go and check those yeah. out in a bit yeah and, no, so the last one this is a nice one to finish on so which song from your back catalogue would you say you're most proud of i i don't know like i really like boy in the anorak for me yeah boy in the anorak for john i would say sexy in latin for me because i've just got quite a a vivid memory of writing it and on it your almost, bed yeah on my bed and afterwards was just uh, <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, we just um, had a, sometimes when you when you. I think loads of people say this. If you if it's a good song, it doesn't take long to write. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think I honestly think we wrote that in about half an hour. We, I can still sit sat on your bed with your Sheffield United duvet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, me and you well, sat the scene. each other. Yeah, <laughs> what am I sitting on this for? <laughs> <laughs> to have a wash after. But, but you knew it was an instant banger. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's how just you know, almost quite, it was just quite an innocent way. You know, sometimes a bit of there's a bit of mystique about putting songs together, but. You literally just have to sit on your bed because where else are you going to go? Like, <laughs> if I was at John's house, his mum would be going, oh, go upstairs or, yeah. you know, <laughs> get out of the way. Um, and, that, yeah, that was just quite quick and it just sort of came together. And uh, yeah, You're in go. attic as well. I would knackered a bit time with walk. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Excellent. Well, Sexy and Lamb was certainly one of my favourites. It was my ringtone for a while as well, boys. So, uh, hey, great thanks, for the, guitar. thanks for the 5p. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, probably um, not even that. No, probably not. Um, no. So that's, that's definitely for me the, the, the perfect set closer. Uh, lads, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you Cheers. for joining us on the Boys in the Band podcast. Just tell us quickly again where and when the return gig is and how your fans can get hold of tickets. So the next, uh, well, next gig, <laughs> the, the first gig that we're going to be playing is at the O2 Academy in Sheffield on 
Friday the 18th of September. Nice one, guys. It's been a pleasure. Have a, have a good day. Thank, uh, thank you for having us. We'll catch up soon. You're listening to the Boys in the Band podcast. For more naughty nostalgia, check out our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you hit subscribe to the podcast for more interviews like this. made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply.